Hello, and welcome to Ballistic Performance Radio. This is your one-stop shop for all things nutrition, fitness, and mindset. Our goal is to help you make fitness and nutrition a part of your life, not your whole life. We discuss a variety of topics, including faith, self-awareness, sustainability and consistency, training programs, grocery store navigation, and how to enjoy your favorite foods without guilt or remorse. There is a lot of noise out there in the world of health and fitness, so we're here to provide real, reliable, and practical answers and recommendations that will keep you moving forward on your journey. My wife Ashley and I are your hosts, and please do not hesitate to reach out on social media to say hello, ask questions, or comment on this week's episode. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. Right, welcome back. This is episode 148, and today we are covering the top five lies you've been told about nutrition. These are only five. There are hundreds out there, but we feel these are the most relevant, the most recurring in all of our conversations with clients and other individuals, and we feel that will be the most beneficial to you in your nutrition journey. So let's dive right into this. The first one, weight loss isn't as simple as calories in versus calories out. Now, In reality, it is that simple in concept. It's just much harder in application. You'll hear experts on Instagram and TikTok tell you that there are all these other factors that need to be considered, hormonal imbalances, health conditions like hyperthyroidism, metabolic adaptations, genetics, etc. They want to throw all this other additional information and data at you. And that's not to say there aren't psychosocial factors and environmental factors that need to be considered. Those definitely need to be addressed. But that's an entirely different conversation. All of those other factors, the hormonal imbalances, the health conditions, hyperthyroidism, metabolic, etc. All of those are the exceptions, not the rule. You likely don't have any of those issues. If you're not losing weight, you're not in a calorie deficit. And it's that simple. And this could be due to several factors. So number one, consistency, right? You need to be consistent for at least two weeks to determine if you've created a meaningful deficit. Unfortunately, most of you find yourself in a situation where Monday through Friday, you crushed it, you were right on track, weekend comes, you fall off the rails, and you repeat this cycle over and over and over again. Now, we're not saying you can't live your life on the weekend. If you follow us at all, that you know that we promote creating sustainable habits and and quote-unquote balance. But when you're trying to achieve very, not even very specific goals, any kind of goal related to body composition or weight loss, consistency needs to come first. Consistency and sustainability precede balance. So consistent for two weeks to determine if you create a meaningful deficit. If you're not able to do that, you're never going to know. The second thing is underreporting. Research has shown that we tend to underreport by approximately 20% of calories. That's pretty significant. If you think about a 2,000 calorie diet, I'm just picking that because it was the good old standard back in the day. That's 200 calories that you could be potentially underreporting per day. 
So across the course of a week, that's 1,400 additional calories that you could be consuming and not even realize it. So that's another reason that you might not be losing weight. And then lastly, following numbers provided by apps and other trackers instead of collecting and interpreting the real data, the foods you're consistently eating, the volume of foods you're eating, the quality of foods you're eating, working with a coach to determine what the maintenance calories would be or your baseline, etc. So maybe you're just following the wrong sets of numbers. But all of those are much more likely than the fact that you fall into one of the extenuating circumstances of hormonal imbalance or health conditions. So just know that weight loss really is that simple in application, or excuse me, in concept, calories in, calories out. It's just much harder in application. Number two, eating small frequent meals boosts your metabolism and promotes weight loss. For years, it was believed that eating small frequent meals was the way to boost your metabolism, the way to fuel the fire, you know, to burn more calories. Unfortunately, that's just not the case. And worse yet, now we've pushed well beyond into the opposite end of the spectrum where now everybody wants to fast. Everybody's doing intermittent fasting and trying to achieve weight loss and body composition change through that method. But again, that's not necessary. As long as you're consuming an appropriate slash adequate amount of calories per day, timing is not important. We love the way that E.C. Sinkowski over at Optimize Me Nutrition puts it, and I'm going to butcher this quote, but I think she says something along these lines. Timing only matters to the extent it affects quality. In other words, eating late at night will not make you gain weight. The reason people throw eating late at night under the bus is because oftentimes, Eating late at night leads to making poor choices in food quality because at the end of the day, your willpower has been dwindled down to nothing. You're tired. You want something that's easy and convenient. And most often, that comes in the form of processed, more highly palatable foods. So timing does not matter. It's just about consuming an adequate amount or appropriate amount of calories throughout the entire day. You need to find the number of meals that works for you and follow that. It might be two per day. It might be three, four, five, six even. It doesn't matter. As long as you're consuming the appropriate and adequate amount of calories per day, you will be able to achieve your goal. Obviously, along with other factors like training, physical activity, etc. Just wanted to put that disclaimer on there. Okay, that's number two. Number three, white potatoes and white rice are quote-unquote unhealthy. How many fucking times have you been told that brown rice and sweet potatoes are better for you than their, you know, quote, white counterparts? The difference between white rice, white rice, I don't know if I said that odd or not, and brown rice is that white rice is more processed. It removes the bran and the germ, essentially eliminating some of the nutrients, but that doesn't mean it's bad. White rice and sweet potatoes are different kinds of starchy tubers. Well, I said white rice. I meant white potatoes and sweet potatoes, on the other hand, are different kinds of starchy tubers, but each has benefits. So whether you're talking white rice and brown rice or white potatoes and sweet potatoes, there are benefits to both. Now, the macronutrient profile of the white variants is not that much different than the glorified brown rice and sweet potatoes. White rice per serving has 2.9 grams of protein, 26 grams of carb, and 0.4 grams of fat. Brown rice is nearly identical, 
2.6 grams of protein, 23 grams of carbs, 0.9 grams of fat. The potato side of things, white potatoes have 2 grams of protein, 0.15 grams of fat, and 21 grams of carbs. And sweet potatoes are identical. 2 grams of protein, 0.15 grams of fat, and 2 or two, 21 grams of carbs. So if you have to go back and re-listen to that, do it. But those are nearly identical in terms of macronutrients. Now, it's the micronutrient profile that separates these foods. And again, it doesn't make one better than the other. They're just different, and each has benefits. So for instance, white potatoes are an excellent source of potassium, whereas sweet potatoes have higher vitamin A. Both of those are excellent sources of fiber, vitamin B6, and vitamin C. Now with rice, white rice typically is enriched, making it a decent source of folic acid, niacin, selenium, thiamine, iron, vitamin B. Brown rice has all of those other has all of those micronutrients plus it has greater amounts of fiber and manganese. So if we summarize all that up, one is not better than the other, both have benefits and you should be incorporating both into your diet. So don't allow some fucking schmuck on Instagram or TikTok to tell you that you have to cut out white rice and white potatoes. That is 100% false. No one ever got too fat from eating too many potatoes or even too much white rice, right? It's from eating more highly palatable processed foods. Okay, moving on. Number four, you should limit how much fruit you eat because of the, quote, natural sugars. As I just mentioned about potatoes, I'm going to say it again, this time about fruit. No one ever got fat from eating too much fruit. Ever. Seriously, no one ever. You are not overeating fruits and vegetables. I can fucking promise you that. <laughs> we are not even even overeating fruits and vegetables. You're overeating highly processed, highly palatable foods because that's what they're designed to do. They're designed to be easily eaten, overconsumed. So what we need to do is focus less on ranking foods and labeling foods as good or bad and start focusing on the real versus processed foods argument. We need to eat more real food. It's that simple. And a great place to start is with the 800 gram challenge over at Optimize Me Nutrition. So E.C. Sinkowski created this, and the concept is simple. Eat 800 grams of fruits and vegetables combined per day. There are no other restrictions, limitations, rules, nothing. You do not have to omit any other foods or food groups. You just need to eat 800 grams of fruits and vegetables combined, and guess what? Potatoes fucking count. <laughs> Grapes count. Bananas count. Fruits and vegetables that's it, 800 grams total. By doing so, you are going to find that you have a lot less cravings and you know, room for, so to speak, highly processed palatable foods, all the junk that we tend to overeat throughout the day. So number one, don't listen to anyone who tells you that fruit is evil because they're a fucking idiot. Number two, think about how many fruits and vegetables are you eating in a day and maybe even challenge yourself to weigh them in a single day and see where you fall on that 800-gram spectrum. Okay, the fifth and final lie. Red meat is bad for you. Now, someone is going to comment on this episode or hit us up in the DMs 
and send me all of the research articles and, and headlines about red meat and how it is so bad for you and how it's been associated with greater risk of heart disease and cancer, diabetes, all-cause mortality, and every other statement. I'll probably even have some vegetarians and vegans that get pissed off that I'm saying this. But the key word and the thing to take note of in all of those studies is, one, who is the study being conducted by? Who's paying for that study? Number two, what is the actual qualification of like intake of red meat? Are they saying it's a high intake? What types of red meat are they eating? How frequently, etc. All of those things are important to take note of because most of those studies claim that a, quote, high intake of red meat has been associated with a greater risk of heart disease, cancer, all-cause mortality, etc. But high is the key word. Secondly, most studies surrounding red meat tend to be looking at fattier cuts of processed meat like ground beef. When we're talking about red meat here, and essentially what I'm saying is it's not bad for you, I'm talking about lean cuts of red meat. Lean cuts of red meat are a great source of protein, omega-3 fatty acids, vitamin B12, niacin, zinc, iron, all really essential micronutrients that we need as well as the macronutrient of protein. Personally, I eat red meat nearly every day. Now, that I'm not telling you that you need to do that, so don't try to put those words in my mouth. You do not need to eat red meat every day, but we personally do because we enjoy it, and we've both had full blood panels done, full workups. Uh, we've been seeing physicians frequently. We're both in good health. Now, if red meat is something that you enjoy and you've just been trying to push away from it because you've heard all of this negativity surrounding it, you don't need to be afraid of it. You can consume red meat on a daily basis or however frequently you would desire. Again, you don't have to eat it every day. But we just need to make sure, again, that we're sticking with leaner cuts. So things like 90-10 beef or greater, you know, 93-7, 96-4. And also looking that it's grass-fed. That's more ideal, right? In a perfect world, you might even harvest your own protein through hunting, whether it's deer, elk, um, bison, etc. Actually, I don't even know if you can hunt bison. Yeah, that's a great question. Someone listening is going to be like, Derek, how did you not know one or the other? Uh, but anyway, and if it's not you, maybe it's a friend or family member. And I know I'll get folks who say like hunting is bad and blah, blah, blah. I don't care. I hunt. Everyone I know hunts. Harvesting your own protein is great. And that's an, it's an option. Other options are venison, bison, like I'd already mentioned, elk, all of these lean cuts of more, I don't want to use the word natural because that's overused, but they're not, you know, cattle and animals raised in a factory, raised in a slaughterhouse. I'm talking about natural, free-range, grass-fed animals. So that's the fifth lie. Quick recap of these five lies. Weight loss isn't as simple as calories in, calories out. Eating small, frequent meals throughout the day boosts your metabolism and promotes weight loss. White potatoes and rice are unhealthy. You should limit the amount of fruit you eat because of the natural sugar. And red meat is bad for you. Now, if you learned something on today's episode, please share it with a friend, family member, coworker, or even your training partner. And while you're at it, 
head over and leave us a five-star rating and leave us a review as well. That's how we reach more people and change more lives. And if there was anything on this episode that you want to challenge us on, you want to have a healthy debate or conversation about, please feel free, hit us up at ballistic.performance on Instagram or shoot us an email at hello at trainballistic.com. We are more than happy to dive into detail with you and have a healthy discussion, not just argue with one another and tell each other we're stupid, but actually have an open, healthy conversation. So as always, we appreciate you so much for tuning in and we hope you have a fantastic week. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Whether this is your first time tuning in or if you're here with us each and every week, Ash and I just want to take a moment to express our thanks and gratitude. We are so incredibly blessed to have your support and we could not continue to show up week in and week out if it were not for you. If you enjoy what you hear in this channel, please head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, leave a review in there as well. That is how we reach more people and change more lives through the platform. Lastly, if you don't follow us across all of our other social media accounts, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. Our handles are either ballistic.performance or ballistic performance across all of those platforms. Or you can check us out online at trainballistic.com. Again, we appreciate and love you so much, and we hope you have a fantastic week.